I'll make them all see that I could be anything I wanna be. If you got a dream, then you need persistence and lots of belief. Yeah. Yo, don't take that. Negative energy, I replace that. I just wanna be me, I don't fake that. I just wanna be free, yeah, chase that. I got a new obsession. It's helping and teaching and giving everyone a lesson. It's living and winning and building something that's impressive. I don't wanna do the same thing, I wanna be progressive. Got a lot of dreams that I'll make come true. Got a lot of things that I wanna do. Got a lot of goals that I wanna prove. And there's not a lot of time, so I gotta make moves. Hey, what's going on? It's Kyle George. And I'm Rodney Harris. And this is A Different Angle. Brother, like every episode, how you feeling, man? Man, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling blessed. I'm feeling... I'm at a 8 again this week. I feel, I feel ready. I feel prepared. I always tell you that if I get it below 7... Somebody better call me because that means <laughs> chaos has ensued and my stress level is is now past the it's breaking get, point. Right, it's, it's it's getting there. It's getting there. <laughs> I always tell you, as long as I'm at seven, at seven and high, we 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 good. But once I get to six and five, call me. <laughs> but no, I feel good this week, man. I really do. Um, a lot of a lot of positivity, a lot of positive energy, um, good news. So that's that's great. That's always a plus. And hey, man. Coming up for Father's Day weekend, it was great. Had a good time. Yes, sir. I was just about to say happy Father's Day to both of the gentlemen that is part of this episode, to which we will get to our guests in a second. So happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Um, very happy that you are in your child's life because it really is so impactful and so important. Um, we'll touch on that a little bit on this episode also. Um, also, thank you to... Uh, if y'all listen to the episode, uh, to the show right before us, that was Wise Woman by Miss Kathleen Francis, who graced our episode last week. So thank you again for coming on the show last week. Uh, me, I actually had some pretty good news today. So I'm at an eight also. Had a good Father's Day, spent time with the family. Um, my sister made some, uh, some uh, bacon-wrapped pork with... With like spinach, cheese, and pork belly on top, boy. Oh wow! Boy, when I tell you. Oh wow! Yeah, exactly. Delicious, sir. Delicious. Listen, my fat guy tends to senses just went off. <laughs> For real, uh, no. like I'm, I'm like I'm like, hey, uh, send me the recipe or something. Like I need a picture Look. or something. Listen, she used to she used to put brown sugar. So instead of putting stuff on top, she used to make it with brown. Yo, we're, we're top. <laughs> we will talk. And if you guys are wondering, what is that other voice, that random deep voice that you hear who sounds like, and y'all can't see him, but looks like Isaac Hayes? That is... <laughs> 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 that is a gentleman who I have met um within the last year year and a half we've had many a discussion um this this gentleman uh writes for why am i blinking out hold on i got it right here oh shoot i had it right here <laughs> terrible terrible host thank you he writes for the he writes for the sports map uh <laughs> uh but but this gentleman is very wise very insightful him and i have had many a personal conversation and uh, truth be told, I'm very happy that you and I have met and we have 
grown and gained this friendship. Ladies and gentlemen, Jermaine Everett. Yeah. Yeah. That's the crowd. The crowd's screaming in the background. How you feeling, brother, man? Man, I'm good. I can't complain. It won't do no good anyway. True. Ain't that the truth? Ain't that the truth? So, all right. So, as I was telling uh, the gentleman off air, we're going to start a little heavy. And then we're going to make it light so that we can sleep happy today. Um, So, something I don't think, uh, or we might have touched on at the very beginning, like, of this entire show, is um kind of why we do things but the reason and sometimes that's because of a loss in a family and Jermaine and I have spoken and we shared stories about losses and family so I just kind of want to touch that between the three of us um Jermaine I know that you lost your brother mm-hmm. um quite some time ago yeah. but I know that affects you still to this day yes um I'm- it's been yeah, since please. 97 wow. and you know, you think literally that's a lifetime ago in some cases, yeah. but like to this day, like I still think about it. I still recall the events surrounding it like vividly, like I can picture them in color in motion, like almost a video replaying. Um, but it's something that uh, I had to tell a coworker recently. Because uh, she lost, man, she lost her mom, I want to say, like, on Mother's Day or, like, Mother's Day weekend oh, or something man. like that. Yeah, so it was real heavy for her. So she, I was like, look, you have your good days and you have your bad days. The more you work on yourself and, you know, making sure you're okay mentally from different things that may trigger you, memories about this person or causes you to uh, feel down about things or whatever, You know, you learn how to deal with them, but you have to do the work on recognizing it first, because if you can't recognize a problem, there's no way you can deal with it and get to the root of it. So you have to recognize what's causing you to feel that way, and then you can get to the root of the issue. But um, it's something that like it, it, it doesn't affect me as much or as bad as it used to. I have more good days than I have bad days, the longer and longer it takes in between. However, um, I will say this, though, it never goes away. It's always going to be there and it's always going to be a part of you and who you are. And it's part of what makes us us. And until you can fully um, just come to grips with the fact that this is something that's nine times out of ten going to affect me the rest of my life especially when you lose someone as close as a mother, a father, you know, a brother, a sister, someone like that, especially if y'all were really close, it, it affects you, you know, permanently. And there, there's no formula for it. There's no uh, a recipe on how to get over it or how to deal with it, get through it. It's just a matter of you um, just doing the work and, and, and getting in contact with the right people who can help you do that work. And that's the only way you'll be successful at, you know, dealing with it and handling it. And a lot of the times uh, I've even likened it to um, uh, like somebody with an addiction. You know, mm-hmm. you, you, you're, they always say they're a recovering addict. They never say they fully recover because it's a constant process. To me, dealing with a loss, especially a close loss, is similar to that. It's a constant process. Yeah. Um, 
you know, like I said, and this was he was this was your younger brother, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm the oldest. So I can't... Me, it was me, him, and my sister. Well, me, okay. my sister, and then him. I'm sorry. Right. No, no, you're good. So I mean, look, I, I haven't lost my sisters, you know, knock on wood, but I can I, I actually I can't imagine what it would be like, um, especially at such a young age, you know. You know, we've I've spoken about my uncle before and and you know, him passing away so suddenly, but for him to be in such good health and then just all of a sudden kind of, you know, just it happening and for it to be a shock for me, it, it really did rock me to the core. And it's crazy. My wife and I, um, we had a conversation the other day. We were actually talking about the wedding that's years ahead from now, but <laughs> but. You know, we, she, she told me of something that she wanted to do and it involved my uncle that passed away and instantly I, I welled up. Like, like it was, it was like, I couldn't, I, I, I couldn't even try to hold it in. It just, it just came out and she's like, I didn't mean to, I was like, no, 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 you're not, it's not anything sad. Number one, I love you because that's amazing. <laughs> you know, what she wants to do. And number two, you know, it, it's it's just one of those things where, you know, as you accomplish things, as you get older, you know, it's like it's like, you know, no matter what you believe religion wise, you kind of know that they're still there and they're still watching you and they're still mm-hmm. and they still have your back. And it kind of becomes like, at least for me. Right. Part of the reason why I decided to start the Four Corners Commentary, which is the wrestling podcast with my three brothers is to do it in memory of my uncle because I knew that he had all the faith in me in the world, you know, which is partially why I'm happy that Ronnie and I are doing this because he'd be so proud, you know, of, of the things that we've been able to put out so far. So, you know, it, it's, and, you know, I said it before, he was kind of the glue of the family, you know, so once you lose that glue, it, not that we all fell apart, but once you lose that glue, it's kind of like, all right, well, what are we going to do to make sure that we stick together? All, all pun intended, you know. But it, it, it's something about knowing that that they're watching you and that they're watching you grow. And and you know, like I said earlier, we're all fathers. If I'm not mistaken, we're all gird dads too, right? Yes, sir. You know. Yes, sir. Now you have two, right, Jermaine? Yeah, I have two. Lord have right. mercy. Well, Rod and I together have two, so <laughs> so it works. Um, but but um, before we get into the family, your small family thing, real quick, um, Rodney, I know you've lost also. Oh yeah, of course. Um, yeah. I've I've grandparents, um, all both my mom's parents, um, probably the biggest ones to me. But um, I think one that would really hit me hard was a gentleman that was my dad's best friend. Um, he was like my second father and he, in 2010, he passed away suddenly, um, went to a hospital. He was losing a lot of weight. He was on a diet. Just wanted to get his life right. And went to the hospital for stomach pain. Just say, man, my, my stomach ain't feeling right. Come to find out he had a, a full mass in his pancreas and he had a mass the size of a watermelon inside of him that he didn't know was there. They immediately gave him only about six months, he was able to push all the way to 
I want to say, if I'm not mistaken, um, a couple a couple of months after that, and um, still to this day, there's things that he's taught me that I take to heart. His two sons are my brothers to, for life. No matter no matter where I go, no matter what I do, uh, they're my brothers. I have my brother, but those are my brothers, and that was probably most the biggest loss at. 17 years old, that was the biggest loss that ever hurt, like ever hit mm-hmm. me the way it hit me. Now, keep yeah. in mind, I haven't lost nobody before in my life I, up until that point, other than pets. And but when you lose somebody that means the world to you, it rocked my world, it rocked me to no, to no end. Um, and it was hard going through your senior year and trying to figure out, like, going through the motions with that in the back of your mind. and and try to focus and keep on. I go to a trade high school, so I got a certification test for fiber optics coming up. I got this coming up. I got that. And oh, I, my mind is racing. Yeah. And I'm worried about him in the hospital. I'm worried about what they got, what's going to happen. I'm, I'm got my cell phone in hand. I'm getting yelled at because my cell phone's in my hand. I'm like, so all these things going on, and you're only 17 years old, and you're trying to figure all this out. Your dad can't really talk to you because every time you bring up the name, he's told. Mm-hmm. My mom doesn't know how to handle it because she's trying to handle two, a grown man and a young man. Uh, so it's it it was a difficult time, and other than my grandfather passing, that was my second biggest catastrophic loss to me. Um, that 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 other thing I rocked my world because that's a man I thought was going to live forever. Um, the one thing I am proud of is that before. He passed away. Um, a couple, I'll say, about three months before he passed away. Um, me and my brother was able to put some money together and send it to Jamaica his last for his last time. Um, oh, go back nice. home to see family. Nice. And I have the voicemail still on my phone. Um, when he called me when he came back, he goes, "Rodney, I'm back, man. Um, this is Papa. Come come visit." And I was like, "Okay." I went down to Pop. I said, "Pop, what was your favorite part about the vacation?" He goes, "Just we go in there, just be able to walk into the water, put my feet in the water." And just mm. let the water touch my feet. Who would have thought that would have been the last time he ever visited Jamaica? Right. And the last time before that was the year I was born. So, wow. and we was a couple of months later. He asked my brother for a cup of tea, and he had a heart attack right there next to my brother. My brother didn't know CPR, so he didn't know how to save him. And getting that phone, getting woken up, and after working nights by my mother-in-law telling me you got to go to the hospital mm-hmm. I, I know ne- i tell you i never seen somebody drop so fast from long island to woodhall uh, ever in my life but yeah <laughs> i didn't make it in, well i didn't make it in time unfortunately yeah. and i was i was torn up uh, there was it was i was it was hard to talk to for a little while still to this day bothers me but i don't like you said, Jermaine, you 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 find a way as time goes on. You're never gonna. It's never gonna stop stop being there. It's always gonna be there. Yes. But you find a way to cope every single day, and the, and sometimes it feels like it's getting harder every day. But as time goes on, you find ways to work it within you to fit the way you live your life every day. So it's not sitting on top of your chest where you can't breathe. Definitely. Yeah. yeah, it's it's heavy because there were um like 
when was it 2014 i believe it was it was like 2013 14 or so like that like i believe within a year or so of time my ex-wife's grandmother passed away and my grandmother passed away oh, and man. those were like she was practically raised almost raised by her grandparents at one point and i lived with you know that grandmother and my grandfather at one point so it was like we both lived with them at certain points in our lives and we're very close with them mm -hmm. you know and and going through all of that and, and it was weird because my grandmother she had like it was february of 97 i'll never forget it was like uh it was mardi gras time like right after around valentine's day and mardi gras is when my brother got shot and then he passed away easter of that year like the next that morning like that that following morning that monday morning my grandfather was rushing my grandmother to the hospital because she had a heart attack and she had a stroke yeah. a week later and so yeah. that like in our family you learned how to cook it was like you like to eat and you learn how to cook any of you don't like to eat you still learn how to cook because we could we're always cooking catering or doing something i mean come on new orleans Come on, New Orleans. <laughs> I mean, you see the stuff I've been posting, man. It's always something. Let, man, listen, I before we keep it. going, look, before we keep going, <laughs> let me tell y'all something, all right? <laughs> this man, Jermaine, can cook his ass off, all right? <laughs> like, he showed, it, we all, we're all in the Discord chat, in this wrestling Discord chat. Shout out to Rev and Sloan and everybody for uh, supports Coffee with Rev. Most definitely. Um, but we, man, sometimes I'll just look at the pictures he sent, and I'm either on the train drooling, and like, oh, that looks so good. It looks so good. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's funny, man, because, like, we, we already knew how to cook, but when she got sick, we were like, my uncle and I were like, okay, you know, we got to pick up the mantle and do most of the cooking and everything. And it was easy. You know, I'm in high school, and I'm like, this is nothing. Like, like Rob was saying, um, when my brother was killed and everything, that was towards the middle end of my junior year. And then a month later or so, my grandmother got sick. Well, then, you know, fast forward, some year my grandmother passed away, my ex-wife's grandmother passes away. And I'm just like, I'm still like trying to deal with like, damn, I, I miss, I still miss my brother. You know, yeah. now I got these kids and every so often I'll tell my mom, I'm like, man, like they'll do something goofy or make a face or something. I'm like, that's my brother. That's clearly my brother because there's no way like I could do something like that. And like my son, I had made this uh this seafood pot pie. I was just trying something. And he was dancing and being all goofy and stuff. And I showed my mom, I was like, man, look at Chris. You know, and she was like, Yeah, that is definitely something Chris would have done. You know, I mean, to down to the fact that, like, my brother's favorite meal was red beans. My son loves red beans. So it's almost like when I had my son, it was, it was, it's, sometimes it's freaky because it's almost like I'm looking at my brother sometimes. Certain little stuff my daughter will do. I was like, damn, she's making, like, them goofy faces like my brother used to make. But then, like, translated even more, like, rough stuff to deal with and how it all compartmentalized and can compound. My uncle that I used to do all that cooking and everything with, he mm -hmm. passed away like towards the beginning of the pandemic. It wasn't even COVID related. Mm -hmm. And so now it's like I'm dealing with this pandemic. I'm already dealing with all these other losses. We had a, a bunch of family that we lost, a, a couple of family members that we lost during the pandemic and stuff. A good buddy of mine, he lost his wife. And then I'm going through a divorce on top of all of that.
Wow. So it's like when you're going through that much and you've seen that much and you've dealt with that much, not to mention even the near death experiences some people have had. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I seen um, a guy, he got his leg was basically hanging by a thread because somebody they tried to take him out and he got shot with an AK 47 and his leg was shattered to pieces, you know, right. and it's like that happened like. I want to say that same year, like later on that year after my brother and my grandmother. So it's like you and mind you, that was my brother and my grandmother were at the end of my junior year. This was at the beginning of my senior year now. So it's wow. like you have all these incidences just compounding and compounding and compounding. And I'll never forget one day I was telling somebody this and they started crying. And they were like, man, I don't even know how you still make it, how you still able to maintain your focus and, and positive and everything else. I'm like, bro, look, if it wasn't for my faith and just me working on my mental health and doing the work, mm -hmm. I said, I'd be I'd lost it. I, I, I'm not perfect. Trust me. I have my times where I blow up and I go crazy. And then once I dig down to the root of what it is. I look at it and it traces back to some of these events that have happened over the course of your lifetime. And that's yeah. why I tell people you have to get to the root of stuff, because if you cut down the tree, the tree can come back. But if you mm -hmm. dig up that tree by the root, that tree not coming back. You have yep. to get to the roots. Absolutely. So when you hear stories like that, you know, I'm not going to lie. Like, I, I I know I could speak for Rodney. Like, I know my, I, you get that feeling in your nose, that water oh, feeling yeah. when you want to oh, cry yeah. in that, in your chest. But I'll tell you this, man, <laughs> this is going to sound so weird, at least in my head. But the good thing about loss is that it can show you two things. One, how to overcome heartache that isn't like a breakup or, you know, if you lost something important or, you know, obviously not people, you know, but two, it can truly determine who, A, who you become and yes. B, it can show your strength if you let it. There's, there's so many times where, you know, we, we doubt ourselves, you know, I do it all the time. And we just have to remember that family is just so damn important. And, you know, ha making sure that that you know that you're there for your family, you're there for your friends and just all of that, man. It's just really so important, especially when you're going through loss. And look, before we go to the next topic, gentlemen, tell me you can agree. Ain't nothing like that ugly cry, like that that ugly, ugly cry feeling with, with that loss, especially when it's a shock. Uh, oh my like, god, yo! There's two, there's two cries in movies that I always say my cry is probably on that level. Boris Chestnut, when his wife died, had the best man holiday when he finally mm. broke down at the gravesite, and Booby Miles in the Friday Night Lights when he found out he can't play football. He's just sitting in the crowd crying. I've done both, both of those things, mm -hmm. and I can tell you. If you got me on video, I probably look horrible, mm. ugly. But hell yeah, <laughs> just when you let it, you got to let it out. You it's, have to. You, gotta, you have gotta to. Yeah. You can't hold it. Don't don't even, ever be afraid to cry. But you know what? But it's also oh, okay if you even do it by yourself. You know what I mean? It's okay to let it out. As a matter of fact, sometimes that might be the best way to do it. Just just put yourself in a room. 
don't think anything like, and I mean this with all my heart, don't be suicidal about it. You know what I mean? I don't want anybody to think that way or think, you know, oh, I want to go with, listen, there's a reason why we're still here. You know, you got to let that out, man. I, I remember running my ex, man, in that house. I was in the living room and it was crazy because I didn't know my phone was on silent. And my mom called me three times. My sister called me three times. And then I looked at my phone and I called my sister back and she told me my uncle passed away. And I booked it to the back, which was the kitchen, just hit the back door and just slid down. And, oh, you know, it, it's, it's, it's that feeling that you will never forget. You know, one, one of those moments that will be ingrained in your soul for the rest of your life. But listen, man, we're here to tell y'all that it's not over. They're still watching. They're still here with you. Do what you can to succeed. Do your best to to be able to be there for family, friends. Make sure that that your mental is good. Once again, this is why we do this show. Yeah. So, with that being said, let's get to your writing, sir. <laughs> um, hey, honestly, that's one of the things that's a, is really uh, therapeutic in, in, in dealing with a lot of this stuff because, like you said, you do this show and you do your podcast and whatnot because you know it would make your uncle proud. Um, one of the things that my uncle and I shared together, my little brother, my grand, like we, we all, like my family, my whole family, both sides, that we love sports. And so getting into it and diving deeper into it and getting into sports media and stuff was sort of my way of connecting and reconnecting with things that we did. And so it was just off a whim. I went to a radio station event and I was talking to one of the hosts and he was like, yeah, this is good. And then I was talking to another host and he was like, hey, what do you do? And we got to talking and started doing some video work for him and mm -hmm. started writing some stuff every now and then. And, you know, all these years later, I'm still just doing it, plugging away. You know, it's more my side job than anything, but it's a side job that I enjoy. It's a passion of mine. And it's something that really helps like relax me and kind of, you know, take away some of the heaviness and the stress of your day-to-day -day life and just kind of yeah. bury yourself into something more fun. Yes, absolutely. And, and, you know, you kind of, you hit it on the head, man, um, between my comment and your comments, like this is extremely therapeutic for us. I know that for a fact. And, you know, without, <laughs> With all due respect, now I'm not knocking therapists, not by any means. Please help whoever you need to help. And if you feel like you need to go to a therapist, go, please. But no, but seriously, you know what I mean? Like, that's the good thing about, about doing the things that you really do love. And I want to say do it in moderation, but that also depends on the person. I would say, you want to say do it in moderation. I would say if you're going to do it, do it. Come yeah. back to it. Yeah. If you're gonna do it, don't don't be one foot in, one foot on the banana pill. If you're gonna commit to change, change. Right. You don't you can't be half in, half out. If you half ass change, you're gonna get a half ass result. And, and then you're not gonna be you're not gonna be satisfied. You're gonna be right back in back at square one. So do yourself a favor, cut all the not extra out, step forward. Yeah, for step sure. Step forward. You got to take the first step. Nobody else can step forward for you. Step forward. That's step one. That's number one. Step forward. Number two. Let's get to work and let's start applying. And you, 
find outlets, beautiful outlets, sports writing. I'm a huge sports fan. Huge. That's why I started. That's why I got this <laughs> whole thing started with me in, in sports. Broadcasting, play-by-play, color commentary. I got the it's, it's, in backstage interview and all, all that stuff. I, I think I called everything but animal fights. I've called them. <laughs> like I draw the line of animals. I don't do that. No. Yeah, hey, I'll call people, anything else. Yeah, that's a like horse racing. I, but no, that's not a fight. No. Oh no, I'm you're right. Touché. Like, Touché. But that's a race. That's just race. I'll call Touché. races. Yeah, <laughs> I, it, it's taking me to some strange place. Well, not I ain't, I'm not even gonna say strange places, but like there was one time where um, I used to play this bit on this radio show where I would be uh, uh, Maurice Taylor used to play University of Michigan, play for the Clippers, Rockets back in the day. I would play his his legal counsel while they would play this <laughs> trivia game. Wow. So the the one of the funniest things that happened throughout this little time, um, he was playing trivia one day, and they had these uh, potential Playboy playmates in the studio. Right, one of them just so happened to be Pete Rose's girlfriend at the time. It's this tall Asian chick. Wow. We got to interview Pete Rose live on air that day. Mo Taylor and I are sitting next to each other, giggling like two schoolgirls. Who's like, bro, we talking to Pete Rose, bro? Like, we like literally like elbowing, cheesing, and everything to each other. Mind you, there's like five, like six half naked women sitting on the other side of the table, but we're more excited about talking to Pete Rose than the, the, the <laughs> sitting across the table from us. Like, that's the kind of stuff that, like, I think is cool and. um like, I mean, just, you know, your journey and everything, it's all a part of it. But I'm yeah. so glad that I had those experiences and whatnot to say, like, I didn't let, you know, a lot of the things that could have stopped me, stop me. Yeah. They were uh, speed bumps on the road, not roadblocks. So right. the more and more you create speed bumps instead of looking at things as roadblocks, the better off and the smoother your journey will be. Because, I mean, if you think about it, if your car rolls over a speed bump, it won't be that bad. Even if you travel over it going like 50, 60, it may mess the car up a little bit, but the car is still rolling. Your car right. cannot run through a brick wall and be OK. So that's another way to just take a, another perspective and look at it. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um Look, you know, it, it's so good to have these outlets. And honestly, not that I, I don't want to say it can be anything because that's too broad of a statement. But once again, man, it's really just the things you love. And it could really be anything. It could be drawing. It could be playing video games, listening to music, mm -hmm. you know, playing with your kids, yep. you know, going out on dates with your significant other hanging out with your parents, hanging out with friends, going to the movie. Like, we can keep going, you know? But there's just so many different ways to, to have that outlet. When we go through loss, that's not what we think of initially because you're just in pain. You know, it's either, uh, to me, it's one of two things. It's either you're just built up in pain or you're too busy trying to be strong for everybody else. Yep. Neither one is necessarily a bad thing because these are the emotions and the feelings that we all go through at one point or another. You know, it, it's it's all about how you handle it. Um, but the writing, 
and and you've been doing your writing on uh sports list for how long now uh, i've been doing it for houston.sportsmap.com it's been since 2018 yeah but i was yeah. doing some other stuff before that like i've been on and off in sports media since like 2009 2010 okay. but i've been writing consistently for sports map since 2017 18. wow and and obviously you love it because you wouldn't do it if you didn't uh, exactly. And I'm, I'm not, I, I don't like to brag on myself or nothing, but the closest way I'll come to bragging on myself at all about it is when they were going through the pandemic. And I remember actually guys who were on air talents that were getting let go and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and they were cutting a bunch of staff and everything. They kept me on and they were like, you know, we're going to keep you on because you know, you're really good at what you do. And, you know, we want to make sure that, you know, we may not be able to pay you what we were, but we're still going to be able to pay you something or, you know, even if we can't pay you, we'll figure out something down the line or whatever it was, whatever that conversation right. was. But just the fact that they thought enough of me to keep me on board, you know, yeah. and I just got a message from an editor the other day. He was like, right now, it's me, you and these other people. And this is just us that's, you know, carrying the website right now. Wow. And I was like, oh, wow. Like, I didn't even realize that. I thought we still, I thought they had built back up a team or they were doing some other stuff. But he was like, no, nah, it's just me, you, and these other people. And I was like, damn, that's crazy. Because to get that kind of uh, recognition for your talent, especially when you deal with something as much as uh, self-doubt and you're doubting yourself and your abilities and whatnot. But when someone else comes in and tells you, hey, no, you're really good at this. And this is why we see and why we think you're really good at this. It's not just an opinion. We have numbers to back it up. That's right. when you kind of get that feeling of, OK, maybe I am pretty good at this. Maybe I can do this. And when you hear that that reassurance, it starts to like kind of lessen that self-doubt some. And the more and more you hear that reassurance, the less and less that self-doubt becomes. But the thing is that I've noticed about that with that self-doubt and that self-hate and self-criticism and whatnot, and you get that reassurance from others, you have to learn how to be able to accept that and internalize that. Because if you can't accept that and internalize that, it's a problem. And I see yeah. people where they have a problem accepting compliments from others. And it's an issue that we need to discuss because if you don't know how to accept the compliment, then you can't ever get that reassurance. And that reassurance is probably something you don't even know you need. Absolutely. Man. Absolutely. And there's, there's just so much, you know, it, look, I'm, I'm, I'm the perfect example. Like I am very, I'm always hard on myself. I'm always doubting myself. I'll always talk crap about myself. But and I think I mentioned this before. Oh no, we it was off air that Rodney and I spoke to Steve. He was a guest on our second episode, um, talking about superheroes. And you know, Spider Man is my favorite superhero. But once again, it's partially not because he's just like he doesn't do his jokes because he's funny. Like yeah, he's funny, but he doesn't because he's unsure of himself. If he can beat the villains, if he can be able to survive and protect whoever he's trying to protect at the time. And he also does it to throw his opponents off because they're just going to get mad because he's talking crap the whole time, you know, but it's really for him to build time to figure out, because you got to remember Spider-Man is one of the smartest people in the Marvel universe. So, you know, he's trying to figure out time for trying to figure out a way to defeat and still save not only himself, but, 
you know, whether it's Mary Jane, whether it's Aunt May, whether it's just people, whatever. So I completely understand that wholeheartedly. And I'm and and I think especially when you have kids and when they look like you, even it's like, you know, because I'm always like talking about how I look, regardless of how anybody else thinks, no matter what anybody else thinks, I have this like mental image of myself and you can't tell me nothing, whether whether I'm good looking, whether I'm ugly, I don't care. I don't care what y'all say. I'm going to feel how I feel. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but when you have your kids and they look like you and then you hear, oh my God, they're so beautiful. Oh my God, they're so handsome. You're like, all right, well, they look like me and people call you my twin. So what does that say about me? Yeah. That I'm a cute girl. Like, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> you know, hey, listen, I used to, look, look, here, here's a story I never told. Well, often, or at least on air. So when I was younger, I used to have long hair, right? Uh, 10, 9, 10, 11. And people would dead mistake me for a girl. So I was in Little League and I was going to the bathroom, Cunningham Park, shout out to Cunningham Park in Queens. And I was going to the bathroom and this guy goes, um, excuse me, the girl's bathroom is right there. And the wife goes, honey, that's a boy. And I'm just like, uh, yeah. And I just walk in the bathroom. Like, <laughs> yo, one of, I'll never forget that moment. It was so funny. So, cause I had my hair just in a back ponytail. Like that's just what it was. I didn't have my braids in. So it's just, that's just what it was. Man, I know I was a smart ass little kid. I would have probably said something like, well, I pee standing up. Do you? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I was a smart ass little kid. I would have took that opportunity to go in all the way in. Like you gonna give me a free pass as a kid to go in on an adult? Right, yeah, right, right. I'm perfect moment. Man, perfect moment. I used to love that as a kid. When you get to go in on an adult, man, listen, the Kevin Hart moment is about to go down. Go down. <laughs> <laughs> Two plus two, not knowing what the answer is. <laughs> hey, sometimes it be it be that way, you know. It, it, it's crazy how how life and things you do that can take you can take you to different different paths in your life after everything that you've been through. And some people ask when I, I don't like. I said I, I love what you said, Jermaine, about not bragging on yourself. And not really, I gotta tell every single story that you ever been through, and that's that's because I used to say that all the time. And everybody's asking me, "Well, Roddy, you've been to this places, you traveled here." I don't like telling everybody what I've done because at this point, what it, it's already done. I, what is me rehashing it and telling you about it has anything? I'm not bragging. I don't need to brag. I it helped me get through at a time of what I was going through, and yeah. a lot of that, and a lot of that time, you was locked down. I know I was locked down in those depressional stages where it's like, am I even any good at this? And everyone told me to go this route in broadcasting and go this route, Roddy. You got the voice for it. You got, yeah, I've heard that a hundred times over, but am I any good? And when you talk about getting that validation where a job turns around and you say, no, we're keeping you because of the work that you do and you are great at what you do. For me, it was Matt Baskersian. Um, voice of former voice of MLB the show, Yo, having a twenty yeah. minute conversation with him, and telling him, even telling me, "Hey man, listen to your old tapes now, and go back and listen to them twenty years from now. You're gonna say you stink." 
He goes, I listen to my minor league baseball stuff. I'm like, oh, it was so bad. And he goes, but now I listen to my XFL stuff. I was like, all right, I got a little better. I'm still bad. But now, voice of MLB the show, host of show on MLB Network. I didn't get all. I didn't get there by being bad the whole time. Somebody saw something in me, and he right. goes, and it's okay not to believe at first, but believe that the process will take you to the next level. So if anybody's out there going through a process right now and trying to overcome to become, what you need to do is just trust the process. It one percent better every day is better than no percent better. I don't care what you're doing. I don't care if you're a garbage man. 1% every day better than what you were yesterday is enough. Man, look, I can't, I, I, I receive that so much because, like I said, I've been plugging away at this since like 2009, 2010, yeah. trying eventually to make this like my full time job. And I had to have some breaks here and there because of family and different stuff like that. But you know, when I was going through all that back during the pandemic, you know, death, divorce, and all this other kind of stuff, I kept going. And this is one of the things that kept me going. And I always said to myself, like, if I ever quit or just gave up on this dream, how can I honestly tell anyone else, especially my own kids, and look them in the face and say, nah, you can't quit? How can I tell them not to quit or motivate someone else not to quit if I quit? So that's another thing that just keeps me going. It's like, okay, it's an outlet. It helps me, you know, get through some things and it helps me, you know, keep that legacy going of what like my little brother or my uncle, my grandmother and them always believed in me or thought I could do or we talked about whatever it is. But also then there's that built in thing of I can't be a fraud or a failure, not technically a failure, but I just can't quit. I can't give up because yeah. I can't motivate anybody else if I don't, you know, keep my own words. So yep. it, it's, it's something that it'll definitely keep you pushing and keep you motivating. And that 1% better every day is true because I had some Facebook memories pop up from like 2014, 15, 16 of some old radio stuff we did. And I listened to back to myself back then. And I read some stuff I wrote back then, and then I listen to myself now, and I see the stuff I'm writing now, and it's different. Yeah, it's more concise. It's more to the point. It's not as repetitive. I mean, just all kinds of stuff. Like it just got better. But mm -hmm. I kept working on the craft. I kept trying to get better. Yeah. And you know, one of those little, another one of those little positive reinforcement moments. A guy who's been writing here for like. 30, 40 years or whatever the hell. He used to look over my stuff before I was submitted in just to make sure it was tight. And it got to the point one day when he told me, he was like, nah, you're good now. He was like, just turn it in. He was like, I don't need to look over your stuff anymore. He was like, you know what you're doing. Yeah. And I mean, for somebody to be as popular in town and work in this town writing as long as he has for him to say something like that to me, that like, that was everything. So it's just the little things. But if you keep taking those baby steps, eventually you'll get to where you want to be. You may not be able to run into a full sprint, get there quickly. Like some of these people who blow up overnight, you may have to walk, you may have to crawl, but as long as you keep moving forward, you're going to get there eventually. And something I wanted to touch on, cause you know, Rod had mentioned how, you know, sometimes you don't, sometimes you don't want to, necessarily um 
sometimes you don't want to necessarily like go backwards or think about things, but like, aren't those moments who what made you who you are? You know, so sometimes yes. it's good to look back and sometimes it's good to like remember the things that you forgot. You know, like I can tell you there's a bunch of things that I've done that I know that majority, probably 99% of my friends have never been able to do. And, you know, I lucked out because I had opportunities, you know, I had opportunities to do things just like, you know, you guys could probably, you guys have probably done things that I've never done. Like I know I never wrote anything that's been published. So, you know, and I know I've never done sports broadcasting. So there are things that I think that we forget are moments and, and, and adventures that create who we are today. Uh, yes. Look, man, listen, we look, let, let's, 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 let's get a little fun for a bit. Okay. We're all kids at heart. Okay. We're all wrestling fans. We all like games. I'm going to exactly. switch this whole conversation up. What are some of your favorite, what are some of your favorite moments when it comes to like growing up and like playing games or watching things or something like that? Like things that you can say, or, or, you know, let me put it like this, right? Work cartoon, wrestler, or comic help create who you are today? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, Damn. On the ball, baby. <laughs> Man, I'm going to have to say... It's off the top. Um, G.I. Joe was okay. very critical. Like, you know, you, no, I'm joking. You, I'm joking. You, I love you. No, trust me. Voltron, G.I. <laughs> Joe, He-Man, Thundercats, you know, Latin oh, Olympics, yeah. all that shit. But no, like G.I. Joe, because I vividly remember the little lesson at the end of each episode. Yeah, like, I remember that. You know, um, uh, what else? Popeye. Uh, but like, as far as like wrestling, I would say, I would say probably Stone Cold a little bit because during that Attitude Era and whatnot, like when just that whole era, like that, going from the the late eighties, early nineties. Mm-hmm to the mid to late 90s, early 2000s, that whole era, that whole wheelhouse right there, like that kind of created like that avenue for my passion for the the, the wrestling business and whatnot and kind of shaped who I am. So all of that whole era, just kind of like, you know, the over the top personalities you saw in the 80s and and early 90s and whatnot. And then you got to the more like uh, hokey stuff. And then you got to like the attitude era where it was like real, in front of your face and more lifelike, like just going through those range of, of, of character developments. And then you got to the ruthless aggression and now the PG era. So it's like, as wrestling went, like that's kind of how my age went. You know, when it was all Hoonish, I was a kid. When it got a little bit more, uh, a little, trying to get a little bit more edgy or whatever, more realism, uh, the new generation era, I was starting to become into my teens. Attitude era, I was becoming an adult. You know, ruthless aggression, PG era, I started having my own kids in the family and everything. And now yep. we're at this era today, and I'm a grown-ass man with a mortgage. 
two right. grown ass kids. You know, so it's like as wrestling kind of grew up, I grew up. So yeah. I just kind of followed yeah. along with it. For sure, definitely. Um what is you know what we're gonna we're gonna I think I might start asking this every time we have a guest. What is a secret love of yours that people don't know about you? <laughs> and don't be nasty. <laughs> nah, you can be nasty. You can be nasty. Go ahead. Go ahead. You ask. You should ask the question. Hey, that's your fault. All right, so hey, let me rephrase you this way. <laughs> hey, man. That's I'm a, your fault. Like, like, I find, like, the weirdest shit satisfying. Like, sometimes it'll be, like, just... Like, you ever be out in public and you got to wipe your nose or whatever and you're trying to do it all polite and politically correct? I love when I'm in private. I could just pick my nose. <laughs> I swear. Like, because I hate having to, like, like when I'm out snotting or something and I got to do something, blowing my nose or something like that, and I got to make it look all pretty while I'm at work or in public or something. And, and I'm just by myself and I can just be gross and just, you know, pick my nose or like wipe my nose on whatever like little stupid stuff like that like uh, I, I find it weirdly satisfying like I'll uh, I'll pinch like like the dead skin on my fingers and stuff like oh. that's oddly satisfying I'm doing that as we reason. speak <laughs> like I'm sitting here doing it right now <laughs> I was just saying I'm literally doing the same exact thing as we speak that's terrible uh, yeah, but just little stuff like that. Um, I think the strangest like music I would listen to that people would, I don't even listen to it on a regular basis no more, but I used to, especially when I was driving around at work. Like sometimes I will listen to like country or Mexican music, like Hispanic music or something like that. I have no idea what they're saying most of the time. I may know some words, but then I'll just like listen to like, hey, hell yeah. And it used to be a bit I would play on road trips. And then I started liking it. And then next thing you know, I'm just like kind of <laughs> just into it. Like it just happened. So Hey, listen, man, I just I so I blame wrestling on liking Chambada by Bad Bunny. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. completely blame wrestling. Yes. And now my daughter's saying it. And then I re- it's funny because we realized we were in a car and Tiff turns to me and she's like, Do you hear what she's saying? And I'm like, what? Because in the chorus, he says, Capron. And I was like, uh, a little one. I can't have you be saying that. Like, I didn't even know. I had no idea. <clears throat> and for me to be part of Spanish, like, <laughs> you know, I don't speak Spanish. So I'm a New Yorker for real. Like, <laughs> like, we just, for some reason, we just don't speak Spanish. I don't get it. Rod, your turn. Wait, well, hold on. Which question, though? <laughs> oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. There was a lot. There was a lot going on. A lot. Oh. <laughs> um, secret love. Secret love. Oh my goodness. Secret love. <laughs> yeah, Atlantic Star. Atlantic Star. Definitely. Um, secret love. I love watching chiropractic and massage therapy videos. Call me weird, but yeah, no, no. My YouTube his, my YouTube history is for consists of um I, some guy called the Big Man, and then it's another man called Dr. Gregory Johnson, um out of, out of Houston, Texas, 
will be cracking everybody's back, man. Be giving people ring dingers and all kinds of. I love it, man. I love people so scared to go to the chiropractor. I want to go so bad, just get adjusted, because I just need to know what it feels like. <laughs> I want to know, like, why are you so? What are you so afraid of? I have four teeth pulled before. Like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> like, I'm not cracking the back. Wow. Oh, okay. Like, what are you scared of? So I gotta go. I've had I've had been adjusted my neck adjusted a couple of times, football injuries and all stuff, but not the way that these guys do it in these videos. And I was always a, <laughs> like I was always a sucker for massage therapy. I wanted to be a masseuse at a point in my life, and my my wife shot that out of the sky hey, when man. I said I wanted to go to school for massage <laughs> therapy. Trish with heat sink missile. <laughs> I I dare you to put the tuition on the table. I double dog dare you. <laughs> like, so it, she she was not having it, and uh, yeah, my that's my secret love. If you ask me, a wrestler or a superhero that has shaped me to who I am today, oh man, that's hard. Um, that's a tough one, boy. If you don't. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, I love you. <laughs> I was gonna say nails, but <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> you know, but all all seriousness, you know my love for these three three wrestlers, and I think I take a piece of each of them. Mm-hmm. Um, one one being Owen, being mm-hmm. that little brother, always living in your brother's shadow in a weird way, and a lot of people was like, man. Your brother's so good at many different things, but I know you're good at I know you might be good or either better than him. And that's always been that kind of thing with me, me and Jay. We don't have a rivalry or anything like that, but he's good at his things. So I'm good at mine. And I think for DDP, not only is my favorite finisher of all time, but Talk about um, it. it's the resiliency of being such an older gentleman to get into the wrestling business and yeah. to overcome the things he had to overcome to be a world champion. Absolutely. It's never too late. It's never too late to pick up a craft and learn how to do it and and do it a hundred percent all the way. And the respect that he has for everybody that's come before him to listen and take in the criticism and never, never listen to no. That's yeah. what I learned from him is, man, you can do anything in this world that you want to do, no matter how old you are. And the last one is Trips. Yep. That statement of a cerebral assassin, not only is Trips my favorite wrestler of all time, it's the understanding that in this world, you got to be able to manipulate your way through the good and the bad. Absolutely. So I got to be cerebral every day to get through something. Absolutely. He's taught me all the way. Like it doesn't. You don't have to sleep with the boss's daughter, or you don't have to <laughs> form a group Excuse of me. people to be funny or to take somebody out. You just have to use your brain. Be smart. Yeah. Yes. Be smart um, about how you move every day. Be a businessman. Be the think with a multi entrepreneurial mindset. Understand that you're worth more than what you absolutely. are. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I'll just I'll just talk about the secret love real quick. Mine is architecture. Um, I don't know what it is. There's just something about about the way people's minds work and like the secret intricacies about about buildings and just how they look and certain noticeable things that not many people would notice. But when you bring it up to said architect or somebody like if there's a large firm who does architect like a large architectural firm and you just walk through and you're spotting certain things and they're like, we have professionals that don't even spot that like. 
you know, there's something about the way, you know, buildings look sometimes. And it's just fascinating to me, you know, maybe because I know I can't draw. So for me, it's like, y'all can do what you need to do because that's awesome. You know, I, I also blame Manhattan, you know, where we have some of the most incredible buildings in the entire world. And that's not a shot to anything to anyone else, but hey, man, we're from New York. What can I say? Hey, um, facts is facts, though. Like you're not you're not lying because you know, like the I only been up there twice, like as a like a ten year old, and then like in 2012. But it was fascinating both times. Well, it's time for you to come back up, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's about time for you to like, make a trip. I'm, I'm trying to get back to the East Coast for for at least next year's Mania in Philly. I'm trying to at least. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. I'm trying to make that happen. Well, we we're we're figuring it out. We're talking. What happened, Rock? Figure it out. I'm trying to get down there by him in New Orleans. I'm trying to go out there. Like what I, I tell Well you're in like, Houston uh, now, Jermaine, right? Yeah, I, mean, Jermaine? I live in Houston. Oh, you okay. Houston yeah, now, in Houston. Yeah. But I mean New Orleans is like five hours or so down the road. It's not that far. Okay. Plus, you know, I mean if you're just trying to go to New Orleans for the food, you could just come here and stay it, you know what I'm saying? True. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm on my way to Houston. we're booking a flight right now (laughs) well look Jermaine brother thank you so much for coming on the show this has been such a great episode anytime Um, anytime. please let them know where they can find you Uh, right there well you can't see it but yeah Z (laughs) underscore J-E-R-M-A-I-N-E that's on Twitter and on Instagram do not send me a friend request on Facebook because I'm going to think you weird and I'm not going to accept it if I don't know (laughs) I ain't mad at him. I'm not mad at him. Uh, Rod, tell him, tell him where he can find you, bro. <laughs> you can follow me on Instagram at Rod underscore Rod underscore Big. You can follow me on Twitter at Rod Rod Biggs. Oh, man. And Behind the Barricade 1 on Instagram Behind the Barricades on Facebook. Oh, man. And as always, you can find me at Oh, oh damn! I forgot my handle at Mister Marvel eight seven. Put my Instagram and been his handle for twenty five years. He forgot it. It's so easy. <laughs> oh man, Mister Marvel eight seven, both on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, you can follow the Four Corners of Commentary. Just Google us. You'll find a purple ring with some headphones and writing, and it says the Four Corners of Commentary. We're all over the place. Um, once again, thank you guys. Please remember and always to stay positive. Rod, hit him with it. If you're looking for a different angle, we're the guys to give it to you. It's been a different angle. We love you guys. Peace. 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 If you got a dream, then you need persistence and lots of belief. Yeah. Yo, don't take that Negative energy, I replace that I just wanna be me, I don't fake that I just wanna be free, I chase that I got a new obsession It's helping and teaching and giving everyone a lesson It's living and winning and building something that's impressive I don't wanna do the same thing, I wanna be progressive Got a lot of dreams that I need come true Got a lot of things that I wanna do Got a lot of goals that I wanna prove And there's not a lot of time, so I gotta make moves